from Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. The redundancy came out of the blue. It was something I did not expect. However, it was a gift. Today on episode 19 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Sandra Bartlett. Sandra was employed in the financial industry for over 20 years, working her way up the leadership ladder. All seemed to be going well. Then in 2013, there were changes in the industry. Upon the loss of her job, Sandra said yes to her dream to coach and support others to be the best version of themselves. Listen as we discuss how Sandra gained the confidence to take advantage of the opportunity that appeared as a result of her job loss. If you are trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Now let's welcome Sandra Bartlett. Sandra was employed in the financial industry for over 20 years, working her way up the leadership ladder. Sandra became a team leader and was responsible for day-to-day operations, team building, and team performance. Changes occurred in the industry, resulting in Sandra feeling undervalued, conflicted, and unheard. Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. Yeah, so Sandra, changes occurred in the industry. What happened? Oh, look, there was lots of regulatory changes which required me to receive and to gain a piece of paper to demonstrate competencies, which I had been doing for quite some time within the industry and, of course, as a team leader. With these changes became the challenge of getting the things that I had in my head from my head onto a piece of paper. This was a time where I did feel conflicted. The confliction was not just in my employment. It was actually happening throughout my life as well. For many years, David, I felt, um, and this is in hindsight I'd like to add, I felt that I had stood in the background of my life. Being a people pleaser and giving a lot of my decision-making power away. So consequently, I was feeling conflicted in a few areas of my life. The one that I did notice the greatest Uh, the greatest, uh, let's say, detriment to was my professional life. As a people pleaser and being in management, you tend to not share your opinions. You tend to not ask for what it is that you need and want. And that's not just in life, that is in you as a leader, which in turn does not give your management or your your guides, your, your bosses, your director reports, any sort of clarity or certainty for them moving forward. So, Sandra, this regulatory requirement ended up becoming a trigger that unearthed a whole set of ways that you were feeling like you were being held back. Yes, most definitely, David. You hit the nail right on the head there. As I said, I had been a people pleaser for quite some time, and it wasn't until I got into this area of conflict that I actually realised that that was the case. And can I share with you that that was some years after? It was not something that happened straight away. There was a couple of other things that occurred. So some years later, in hindsight, I realised what had actually been happening and the fact that this had held me back. This behaviour alone had held me back from achieving my full potential throughout life and, of course, in my career. Mm. And, Sandra, what was it? 
that that finally made you realize that all these signs were coming together to tell you, Sandra, it's time to stop being a people pleaser and time to stand up for yourself, do what you want and say what you want. It was actually back in 1999 when for the first time, and I still don't know where this strength came from, for the first time in my life, I said yes to something that I needed and I wanted. David, I stepped away from a 24-year relationship, intimate relationship, and that was the first time in my life that I felt I had said yes to me. Did I deal with the baggage that I took from that relationship at the time? No, I didn't. So consequently, it played out again when we went into these regulatory changes within my industry. So it was when I noticed a a conflict in my relationship with my sons that I thought, hang on a minute, this is playing out again. Why? How can I change what I'm doing to get a different result? This is when I started to go into the self-development arena and look to see what was there to help and support me because I wasn't happy with the result that I was gaining at the time. So I stepped into the to the self-development arena and I discovered coaching in regards to life coaching. So I stepped into an arena where I committed to doing a, um, a certified coaching uh, course and credential. I committed to that particular to that particular qualification. And I don't think I've ever been as excited as what I was in that particular moment when I made that decision. I don't think I've ever been as excited as I was in that moment. Mm. And at that point in time, were you still employed or were you already on your own? No, at that point in time, I was actually still employed. And I came away from my induction weekend of coaching and consequently, to, to about a month after that, I was actually gifted a redundancy. And I say gifted, the redundancy came out of the blue. It was something I did not expect. However, it was a gift. It enabled me to step up, step out, and now I shine as a coach. And I'm passionate these days about helping other people in that space to do exactly the same thing, to find their voice, to speak up, to step up and to shine in their ability to communicate what it is that they need. So Sandra, I just want to back up one step for one second, just to make sure that I'm understanding you clearly. Um, and I'm not sure if this is this is Australian English versus American English or, <laughs> or just terminology. But anyway, so gifted redundancy means that your job was terminated. Yes, most definitely. And it was so, it was not your decision. It was somebody else's decision. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. Which is a really important trigger. It happens more and more. It happens to many people and it happens more and more for people who are in the let's say, the second half of their career, which is what this show is all about. Mm, yes, totally agree. Right. And for many people, it's an opportunity, just like you described it. It's, um, it's like, oh, yeah, this is really awful that this thing happened to me. And yes, I wasn't the one who decided when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen. But now I have an opportunity to take advantage of this situation and redirect my life in a direction that's going to make me happier, way more satisfied in the kind of work that I do, um, and give me financial opportunities that I may not have had as an employee. 
definitely agree with you there, David. It does come down to choices. In that moment of redundancy, I had the the ability to choose. Being in the financial industry for the time that I had, I could either go down the path and become a mortgage broker and continue on that path, or I could step away from that altogether and take my many years of leadership management, that sort of thing, and utilise that in a completely different way to be able to benefit the people that are still within that industry and, and in management in itself. And that's what I chose to do at the time. At the time, as you can appreciate, I was extremely excited about the new venture that I had discovered by wanting to grow and improve myself. And it was that opportunity that I thought, if I can do this, I want to be able to gift this to somebody else. I want to be able to help that silent mid-manager to senior manager that stands in the background of their role, hides in their role, to be able to step up, to speak up, and to shine in that role. Right, which also takes advantage of your own unique experiences and complementing the higher level skill sets that you've gained by those experiences and then enable others to succeed in similar circumstances. Most definitely, as I was saying, it is a power of choice. In each and every moment, we have the power of choice to be who we need or want to be in that moment. This is something that I didn't know during my journey as a manager. I had done many courses where I knew that my behaviours were my choices. However, there were times where I never knew how to control those behaviours. And it was exactly those behaviours that in hindsight now I can see why I was made redundant. What's an example? Uh, Going into a leadership meeting, a team management meeting where I wasn't going in with the right mindset. I was going in with a mindset of I'm going to question everything. I'm I'm going to play hardball as opposed to being a matured leader, sitting back, listening, looking at it in a holistic manner of how can this add value to my team and who do I want to be as a leader to grab hold of this and make this valuable for my team? So fast forward to today, now that you're, you've realized this and that you have these skills to be able to enable other people to succeed in, in these kinds of management and leadership environments, what's the most common problem that people have when they come to you? Uh, Lack of confidence. They have something that they want, but they find it extremely difficult to be able to ask for it. So what I do is I help them to verbalise it, to language it, by teaching them more about themselves. So I teach them, I teach and I share with them and I explore with them what do five key behaviours, five different key behaviours when they come into play and they harmonise the difference that they can make. Now, these five key behaviours, David, are part and parcel of my my own methodology, which is your Cruel Confidence Program. And what kind of results do people achieve when they've learned these, these techniques? 
these techniques, the results that they're getting is that they're speaking with much more certainty and clarity, which in turn is building confidence, not just for themselves, for their team, for the rest of their team members, which is predominantly affecting the bottom line. Who have I been working with of late? I've been working with business owners. And I have a case study, a, a lady who is a certified accountant, and she stood back in the background of her life for quite some time. And as she explored these possibilities around these five key behaviours and with a few tools and techniques, she started to step forward and to step to the front of her business. Now, as a sole trader, as you can appreciate, you need to wear many different hats in business. And one of those hats is to be in the forefront of your business, marketing your business. So what we did is we put some scripts together in a language that was authentic to her. And with those scripts over a period of time, she's built on them, she's expanded on them, and now she's turned her business around where she's employing a full-time person and she also has a virtual assistant on board as well. Right. That's a, that's a big transition. Mm. Big, big transition and um, not necessarily so simple to achieve on your own. No, David, unfortunately, when there is self-reflection, self-exploration, we all, all of us tend to move the goalposts. Why do we move the goalposts? Because it allows us to stay comfortable. And we as leaders need to embrace, adopt, and accept the fact that that's not where we grow. We need to be able to get comfortable with the uncomfortable to allow us to grow. Now, confidence is one of those things that it's really simple. It literally has you throwing the doona off your bed and jumping into life, or it has you pulling the doona up and saying, no, not today, I don't want to play. Now, I use some techniques and some tools which help my clients to be able to throw that doona off each and every day and jump into their life. That's great. And Sandra, looking at your own business, what year was it that you went from being an employee to launching your business? It was 2013, the end of 2013. So uh, November, actually, in uh, today is the 4th, the 5th. Uh, in another 16 days, I've actually been in business for six years. Congratulations. Thank you. And looking back on that, the very early stages of the transition, how did you feel the day you walked out the door from your last position as an employee? David, I was shell-shocked to begin with. That shell-shock lasted for, oh, look, in all fairness, I think probably for about five minutes. Uh -huh. The fact that I had already committed to being a coach and to learning that skill, the universe had already presented me a path to go down. So within that 30 seconds or so, I had decided that that was the path I was taking. What happened for me that was really life-changing was a couple of days later. This occurred on a Thursday. It was the following Monday when life was what you would term as normal. However, I stood in my lounge room and I actually turned around on the spot at about 8.20 in the morning and said to myself out loud, what do I do today? Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? 
you can appreciate for 20 odd years, I had been in a role that required me to be at work between that 8, 8, 30, 9 o'clock mark. And I was working till 5, 36 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I had a day which was not a holiday, which was not a sick leave day. It was the first day of my future and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So what I did in that moment is I gave myself permission to sit down and just map out what I thought a week might look like for me now. And I did that over a period of roughly about half an hour, just in dot point, very high level dot point things. And then what I chose to do was to pick one or two things on that day that I wanted to cross off my list. And that's how I started my journey. I had committed to the coaching. I had started to receive receive my resources, my reading material, my work material, that sort of thing. So what I then started to do was I started to put together a program. In the November, I knew from my own experience that that was a time when people didn't commit to new things. It was always, I'll do that after Christmas. So I thought, well, what can I do for this next six weeks or so to give me a chance to move forward early in the new year, to hit the ground running, you might say. And what I did is I put my head into my books. I put my head into my future. So I studied solidly for six to eight hours a day for the next three months. Wow. So I fast-tracked my coaching abilities, my coaching learning, I fast-tracked that because I'd had the gift of redundancy to support me. Right. So you had a cushion to enable you to take some time to move more quickly in the planning stage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Sandra, how long did it take until you were able to get the first paying client? I had my first playing client in the following April. So April of 2014 was the first paying client. It was actually a corporate client and I worked with that client for 18 months, helping them to put together and scale their business. It was a a motor in, so like a motel, hotel. Um, I helped them to scale their business, put their processes, their systems in place to be able to then two years after that, sell the business and step away from it for a nice, sizable profit. And at what point did you feel like your business was generating what you wanted it to generate and you felt like it was sustainable? Uh, Great question, David. I think that's something that is extremely personal to each and every one of us. It's how we term and see success. For myself, if I put a monetary thing on it, it would have been at roughly that two to two and a half years. I felt that my community and other businesses and people within my community needed to sit back and watch and just wait and see where I was going and whether I was actually going to stick at being a coach in my own right, in under my own name as opposed to take this and then put it into place with another employer. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think what yeah, the time frame that you've described is actually quite common that that it can take a number of months until the first paying client comes on board and often it's like anywhere from from what I 
have observed anywhere from one to three years until especially the kind of business that you have feels like it's sustainable? Yes, as a coach, we don't have we don't have a tangible that we can offer in regards to like yes, I have a program, I'm an author as well, a published author too. I have a program, but it's not like me handing you a stress ball or handing you a a new tool that you can touch, you can feel, you can hold. As you can appreciate the people that work with myself or work with other coaches are people that are seeking something for themselves internally. So the results that they gain are often internalized also. Correct. So they're not necessarily directly quantifiable. They tend to be a mix of quantitative and qualitative. Yes. And what they're also what they're also thinking as they're deciding whether or not to become a client is the value of the relationship with the service provider or the coach. Most definitely. That relationship is key, which is another reason why I feel that it was that two to two and a half year mark before I did truly believe that this was viable. People needed to, although my community and especially the business community knew me, they knew me as an employer, as an employee. And they had to have time to almost get to know me and trust me with a different hat. Even though my standards and my values my and my beliefs never changed, I'm still the same person as I was 20-odd years ago and so on, people needed to see me in a different light doing something different and grow that trust again. Exactly. So, Sandra, now that you've been in business for six years, and congratulations again. Thank you. What are you looking forward to over the you know, next bit of time? What, how do you see your business evolving? I have been working with a speaker coach, and my business will evolve where I will be on the stage talking to many, helping people both in the corporate sectors within business and also on a personal level to be able to step up, speak up, to shine through the power, the clarity and the certainty and most importantly, the confidence in their communication. Yeah, the confidence is key. Um, And I Mm. want to thank you for coming on the stage of going solo so you can share your message here. Before you go, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that you've discussed today or access any of your resources, where would they go? They could go to my website, which is www.stairway2dreams.com.au. Now, David, there's a great opportunity there for anybody who would like to connect with me further. I offer a complimentary 45-minute coffee chat, and I'm happy to do it remotely, as you can appreciate, so that it gives people an opportunity to know me a little bit more and to ask some of the questions of me that they may need answers to before going any further. Sounds like a great opportunity. Sandra, I want to thank you so much again for coming on Going Solo today. My guest today has been your cool confidence coach, Sandra Bartlett. Thank you again, Sandra, for joining us. Many thanks, David, for the opportunity. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash goingsolo, 
You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today we learned how Sandra said yes to her dream to coach and support others to be the best version of themselves and much more. If you are trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.